First, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to a special Encore presentation of The Abstract from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Setting a record for its Falcon 9 rockets, SpaceX launched another batch of its Starlink satellites into orbit on November 24, 2020, pushing the total number launched to date to 955. Thousands more satellites are planned, and as Starlink, the SpaceX satellite constellation, takes flight, Inverse offers a comprehensive look at everything you need to know about getting your internet from Elon Musk, but we're afraid to ask. One day, high-speed internet will be delivered to pizza box-shaped devices in homes everywhere, and Elon Musk will be satisfied. If the SpaceX CEO has it his way, Starlink, the First, SpaceX a word satellite, from our will be the biggest satellite constellation First, in human history. First, a word from our partners. Applying for permission from the FCC to launch as many as 42,000 satellites a word into from orbit, our sponsors. the Internet Connectivity Constellation, begin, designed for super-fast, low-latency broadband service, is being put together now, at a rapid speed, a word from our with sponsors. Musk suggesting the constellation could fund more ambitious now, projects, a word like from our building partners. a city on Mars. SpaceX continues to reach for the stars now, and at a, a fast word from pace, our sponsors. You'll keep up. Luckily, we have everything you need now, to know about getting your internet from, our from Elon Musk covered. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is a comprehensive look at SpaceX's Starlink satellite mega constellation. Made to beam down access to the internet from space, the project's objective is to bring affordable high-speed service to customers around the world, particularly in remote or underserved areas. And as an intrigued public grows more interested in the idea of getting internet from a thin, flat, round UFO on a stick, Elon Musk's words, we offer a one-stop shop for the curious and a guide to seeing the constellation for yourself. Our second story takes a closer look at Starlink's effect on astronomy. If you ask some irritated scientists, they'll probably tell you that Starlink is all too easy to spot in the sky. With so many satellites in orbit, SpaceX has come under fire from astronomers who say the constellations could affect up to half of all exposures from observatories. It's yet to be seen if the company prefers its own ambitions over those of the scientists here on Earth. But until then, it is SpaceX versus space science. This is the Abstract Podcast, a look at the scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up now, everything you wanted to know about Starlink, but we're afraid to ask. Starlink will effectively serve the three or four percent hardest to reach customers for telcos or, or people who simply have no connectivity right now or the connectivity is really bad. So I think it, it will be actually helpful um, and take a, a significant load off the traditional telcos. That was SpaceX CEO Elon Musk at the Satellite 2020 conference in March 2020, speaking about Starlink, the SpaceX satellite constellation designed to deliver internet on Earth, paving the way for more internet for those who need it and more options for those who have it. It's being assembled with greater and greater frequency, and the system made to offer super-fast, low-latency broadband internet plans to launch up to 42,000 satellites into orbit. 
This type of internet needs to use a ground terminal to make line-of-sight contact. The company's own filings have compared its antenna to a pizza box. And if you ask Starlink CEO Elon Musk to describe its look and usability... This looks like, uh, well, it looks like a UFO on a stick. There's just two instructions, and they can be done in either order. Uh, pointed sky, plug in. SpaceX wants to launch what could be the biggest satellite constellation in human history... With a growing community of fans, this could ultimately be a game changer for those in need of internet and how the rest of us use it as well. And if you're so inclined, you can see it for yourself now, too. Let's get all the details from friend of the podcast, Inverse's Mike Brown. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Good. So a lot to get to here. I thought we could just break it down one by one. Um, What's the easiest way to find these constellations and how do we see them once we once we do find them? As, as you uh, sort of hear about them moving across the sky, probably the uh, easiest place to look is a website like uh, Heavens Above. There's a non-profit uh, used for helping people track satellites. They, they also have an Android app that you can download onto your smartphone to um, help you get acquainted. It's probably easier to uh, see some of the earlier constellations, to be honest, because uh, SpaceX has been developing this uh, constellation. They've been trying to make improvements to make them less visible in the light. So uh, that's good news for astronomers, but maybe bad news for people that are trying to keep an eye out for them. As far as capability, how good is the internet that this would provide? You know, speed, service, etc. How would we compare it to what many are used to? Well, uh, SpaceX is aiming for around gigabit speeds than they've tested in 2018 for around 610 megabits. And so, it, you know, it totally depends on uh, what your internet connection is like at home. Personally, for me, that's that would be amazing. <laughs> like, that's so much better than anything I'm getting at the moment. The latency as well is uh, really critical here because uh, you normally get very slow uh response times when you're using satellite internet because you're basically uh, asking something like thousands of miles into the sky to relay a message, send it back. Um, That doesn't sound like a big deal, but if you're playing uh, online games, you really want low latency. And so SpaceX is aiming for sub 10 milliseconds, which would be very impressive. There's obviously been a number of these Starlink launches. Each launch is more important than the next. What can we expect in terms of the launches to come and what we'll learn about the process that will come from them? I think the main thing that we're going to be learning, um, that everybody's learning really, is how much these craft will interfere with astronomers' work. I think that's the big question that everyone's asking at the moment. And that's really what a lot of scientists are highlighting as one of the key issues. So SpaceX is working with astronomers. They're holding these regular meetings. But when you make a change on a satellite and send it up into space, it can take a while to work out whether this change was effective. You know, you hear about a rocket launch, say, for example, next month. We're not going to know if any changes that were made on that launch uh, have been effective for a little bit while afterwards. So it's, it's an ongoing learning process, uh, really for, you know, not just SpaceX, but for everyone involved. There's uh, no real easy answers here. But when we hear about uh, astronomers pointing their telescopes up into the sky and uh, they have these uh, streaks across them, that that's when the problems start. And I think, you know, a big part of this is the anticipation. A lot of people just want to get their hands on this. And again, you know, there's, um, I don't know anyone who thinks they're not paying too much for the internet. I just wonder how this service is poised to compete in the current market. Any clues yet? 
Yeah, I think that's um, a lot of people are starting to get sort of ahead and thinking about, oh, can we put this on a Tesla or something and have like permanent internet access? Really, this is going to appeal most to people um, who live in rural areas or uh, other underserved communities where uh, the internet on the ground isn't particularly good. So there, you know, you're, you're normally looking at satellite internet already. We don't know how much Starlink is going to cost. President Gwyn Shotwell did say in October 2019 that a lot of people are uh, paying uh, more than 80 bucks a month for crappy service. It's not a direct quote, but basically that, that gives us a little indication about uh, where they might be thinking about aiming for. People are already asking about stocks and getting in on this. I know it's early, but what's your sense of that prospect for a company like you know, SpaceX? It seems to be uh, sort of up and down, really. I mean, we had these reports that um, there might be a Starlink IPO. That would be a separate thing from SpaceX. Uh, SpaceX at the moment is a privately traded company, but that seemed to be sort of uh, shot down later. I mean, Tesla, as Elon Musk's other company, Elon Musk wanted to take that one private. So he wanted to go in the opposite direction. Um, that caused a lot of controversy, but he did outline in that uh, announcement uh, some of the reasons why he might want to do that. It seems like SpaceX is aiming to use the revenue from Starlink to fund some of its more ambitious efforts, like a uh, city on Mars. So it has a lot of plans in the business side. And again, there's a lot of anticipation. And for the fan community in particular, this um, cool visual emerged that shows how this internet connectivity constellation is forming and listeners would have to see for themselves to truly appreciate it at inverse. The visual is a little complicated, but it shows how the constellation would look. This graph fills up. It shows how more of the Earth has been covered by Starlink satellites. What's the story behind this? Because it's a great visual and helps illustrate not only what's going on, but um, how much people are into this. Yeah, so this is a really cool uh, visualization that we came across from a uh, physics student from uh, Austria. Now, a word from our sponsors. He basically wanted to map how the uh, Starlink constellation has formed over time. And, uh, you know, you can put that on a uh, map of the world, but it would basically look like a, a bunch of lines sort of crisscrossing across each other at speed. It wouldn't look very good. So what he did instead was uh, measured two different uh, uh, measurements for how to uh, spot a satellite in the sky, one on the x-axis and one on the y-axis. Uh, the one on the x-axis, which is uh, technically known as the anomaly past the ascending node, and uh, the one on the y-axis, which is the longitude of the ascending node, what that basically uh, tells us is where the satellite is in space. I think really what this shows is uh, the enthusiasm from the SpaceX fan community about what's going on with Starlink. I mean, this is a very impressive project. You know, this is talking about filling the uh, sky with thousands of satellites at low orbit, basically providing high-speed internet practically anywhere where you are in the world. You know, we talk about City on Mars and uh, Base on the Moon, some of these other projects that SpaceX has. But, you know, we shouldn't overlook Starlink as a very impressive sort of outline of how we could improve internet access in rural communities. Yeah, no, it is a huge deal. And there's a lot of coverage at Inverse.com. Again, this uh, particular visual is is something you want to check out, as well as the rest of Mike's writing on this. There is plenty to read at Inverse.com. Mike, thanks so much for the time. Thank you very much. Cheers.
As SpaceX continues to launch batches of Starlink internet satellites into low Earth orbit, astronomers on the ground become increasingly worried about the constellation's effect on our ability to see the universe. Up now, a round of SpaceX versus Space Science. Falcon 9 is experiencing maximum aerodynamic pressure. That was a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket launch from a Starlink mission earlier in 2020. Just one of the many planned by SpaceX. So far, it has launched over 300 of these satellites to low Earth orbit, with the goal of having over 1,500 in space by the end of 2020. And if CEO Elon Musk has anything to say about it, SpaceX plans to launch as many as 42,000 satellites into space. Starlink, SpaceX's satellite constellation, is made for providing satellite internet access. Jessica Anderson, lead manufacturing engineer at SpaceX, explains. Starlink is a constellation of satellites that can provide high-speed, low-latency internet all over the globe, particularly in remote or rural areas where connectivity is limited or completely unavailable. But the satellites already in place have started interfering with our view of the galaxies from Earth. A new study published in February 2020 says astronomers are growing increasingly worried about each new batch of these satellites. Also, a 2020 statement from the International Astronomical Union warns that wide field observations would be severely affected by these satellites. Is the future looking even more bleak for other observatories? And how is the union calling for additional guidelines to regulate the brightness of these man-made objects in the sky? Let's get more from Inverse staff writer Mike Brown, who joins us in London. Hi, Mike. Hey, how you doing? So as, um, as of this podcast, SpaceX has launched no less than six batches of 60 Starlink satellites. And there are big plans to continue to send these batches of internet satellites into space. Why such big plans? Why is this such an important mission for SpaceX? And what are the big picture goals here? Yes, yeah, so really the big picture goal is to uh, create a new sort of constellation that would um, orbit at a lower altitude than uh, other constellations. We're looking at 550 uh, kilometers above sea level. And there would also be a lot, lot more than uh, we see with any other constellations. SpaceX has applied for permission to launch 42,000 uh, satellites. So far, they've completed uh, six launches with uh, 60 satellites in each one. So when we think about how many satellites there are in space at the moment, there's about 5,000 if you include inactive ones as well. So we're really looking at something pretty unprecedented in terms of scale. And the end goal is to provide satellite broadband service that offers about gigabit internet speed, latency, very low latency. That's something you don't normally get with satellite internet. It's normally quite a high ping. It's not good for video games, for example, where you need a very quick uh, turnaround time. And that's what SpaceX explains is because uh, these satellites are essentially closer to the Earth, which means that they can provide a faster speed on that front. And according to our reporting, there is a March 2020 study in the Journal of Astronomy and Astrophysics 
in which astronomers specifically measured the effects of these satellite constellations. The results, I'm sure, confirmed astronomers' suspicions, inflamed their ire. But essentially, what did uh, this study tell us about some of the ramifications of these constellations? Yeah, this is something that has uh, very quickly arisen even after the uh, first launch back in uh, May 2019. So we have astronomers complaining that you can sometimes see a streak of Starlink satellites flying across the view and they can appear very bright. And there was this study that came out that said that some uh, 30 to 50% of exposures from the uh, National Science Foundation's uh, Vera C. Rubin Observatory that currently under construction in Chile, they would be severely affected by this constellation. So yes, it is concerning for the uh, astronomical community. Gwyn Shotwell, president of SpaceX, has claimed that uh, this is something that nobody saw coming. They're now in uh, regular contact with uh, the astronomical community to uh, try to work out how to solve this. So they've they've been testing some different ideas with more recent launches, like adding a coating to the satellites that mean that they wouldn't reflect so much light. Really, uh, this is something that um, one of the statements from the uh, astronomical community touched on, how this could affect humanity's shared cultural heritage when we talk about like the night sky, because that's really what we're talking about here, is about pointing a telescope to the night sky. And uh, when that gets affected by something like this new constellation, we're really talking about something that affects everyone here. Right, and that would certainly be enough for astronomers to want to call to action here, but there's there's more to it than just the obstructed view here. You know, these satellites interfere with ground-based astronomy as well, whether that be things like radio, things that, uh, you know, everyday things that do come into play. And what does it mean for astronomers who have to pick up the slack and kind of handle um, these ramifications? Yeah, I think something that has irritated some of the uh, astronomers, they have these uh, new satellites coming into the picture. Now they're having to sort of work around this sort of new issue in uh, their work. And SpaceX continues on the same pace that it's talking about. Previous statement on the website said that they were aiming for 24 launches before they could cover most of the uh, populated world. That means we're looking at, uh, you know, over a thousand satellites in space before we uh, can even think about global coverage. So it's a problem that SpaceX and astronomers will need to get on top of, you know, before this becomes a bigger issue for their work. So I think it's going to be about cooperation between these two sides to try to work out what the best solution is. There is more to be read at inverse.com. Mike Brown, thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. For full coverage on all things Starlink, you can click on the link in the show notes for that story and everything else we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find The Abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at inverse.com. Look for the Abstract Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening. Listening.